Brought to you by Feitner Productions. What do you think, Shadow? My glasses or not? <laughs> well, that we just didn't see. I want to look, look appropriate. Here. I want to look at my best for you. You look your best. Thank uh, you. Welcome to Laying Down the Law with Billy D. Clerk. I'm your host, Billy D. Clerk. And I'm here with my very first guest, the reason I started the podcast, and the reason actually I keep on living, um, um, uh, Bob Fisher, wow. uh, uh, longtime owner of the Ice House for 53 years, um, about to pass the torch, uh, and uh, Bob's agreed to do an interview, um, and if we fail, we'll edit it out, and uh, this will never see the we'll light never, of day. We will never fail. <laughs> we, we, we've got the gift of gab, young man. Yeah, we're going to be fine. I didn't realize I was so important to you that I'm, I'm your reason for living. Well, um, one of them. Okay, of them. all right. I'll all back right. off fair, of that statement. Fair enough. Bit, okay, but. all right. Um, so uh, laying down the law is mostly where I talk about myself. So I'm going to start with a few questions about me. What's your favorite um, memory of me, Bob? I read in a newspaper once, uh, you know, uh, um, that it turned out to be false that you had passed on. And uh, I, I, I'm not sure that's my favorite memory, but without a doubt, it's within the top ten. I would say. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. It was. So by the way, you yeah. should know that it was, you know, unsubstantiated. And it was an un, uh, not. It wasn't true. It was on, yeah. yeah. You realize that. I, I thought, yeah. I, okay, good. Yeah. All right. That's... I thought you were going to say that you had heard I passed the bar. Oh, okay. Which which I did um, only by um, uh, bribing the examiners. But Oh, yeah, that's, that should story. be easy to do. Yeah. I don't think there's any laws against that. <laughs> yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah. Not a moral character examination. Yeah, no. Why not? So, so Bob, you, um, uh, uh, I wrote no questions okay. for today. I have right. no, done no preparation. Okay. All right. But uh, one of the things that always catch my, caught my eye is on your website, um, and we were just talking about this a minute ago, you almost made um, the choice to become a lawyer. Yeah. When I was, this is a long time ago, uh, I, I probably both of your listeners wouldn't even remember this name, <laughs> but um, his name was Louis Neiser, and he, wrote, he was a famous attorney way back when, and he wrote books. And so my relatives for my birthday would keep buying me Lewis Neiser books because they knew that I wanted to be an attorney and I was in you know the head of uh, the speech department kind of thing in high school head of debate so I was always good in front of uh, audiences because I had a certain way with um, um, words and uh, <laughs> and then when I got to college I did that and then someone said you know if you uh, switch to radio television film you can have a TV in your dorm room. <laughs> and uh, so I made, I ended my career as an attorney over that, had a, had a TV in the dorm room. And it's been great. In, uh, it's, this has been marketing and being around comedians and entertaining audiences. I love to see an audience have a good time. So it turned out it was the right decision for me without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorite stories that you've told me, um, as, as we've known each other for a few years, you were wise enough to never hire me as an attorney. Yeah. Uh, that's actually how we met. Uh, it's 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 you have you I, I think you, you, you've done a number of things for me and you've always done great work. All right. Well, that'll be the first lie of today. No, we'll just you may it. not remember it. Yeah. Okay. But you did. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I will just edit that part out. All right. Okay. Um, All right. I'm embarrassed, but thank you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to. Um, there's a great story that you told me about um, about uh, 
giving a bottle of champagne to a very young Robin Williams. I right. Mean, just, um, right. If you, you know, just tell my two listeners, maybe by now we'll have three once they know that you're yeah. on the show. So uh, this is way back, 1976, and I was uh, managing a club in Newport Beach called The Lap Stop. And the opening act, a guy who really didn't have a lot of, uh, much of an act at that time, was uh, someone named Robin Williams. And, uh, but he was so unique and amazing, and it's kind of been a tradition for me throughout my 42 years in the business, that when I see someone I think is really special and has great potential to give them a come on stage and give them a, Don, a bottle of Dom Perignon. Robin was the first, mm -hmm. actually it was like 1977, and in, in the uh, succeeding years, I've only given out 11 bottles. That's, you know, that's it. So yeah. he, was, he was very special. Yeah. Were any of those bottles a mistake? Uh, no. I, it doesn't mean that they all became big stars. Yeah. But they all had, I think, unique talent. Yeah. And, and yeah. So no, I don't think it was a mistake. Okay. Would I take any back? <laughs> Maybe one or two. Yeah. No. That's been fun doing that. And we, we were talking about Sebastian Maniscalco yeah. uh, a few minutes ago. And uh, he was he, he and Theo Vaughn were the last two people I gave bottles to. Who's Theo Vaughn? I don't know. Theo Vaughn has a wonderful podcast. And uh -huh. he's a stand-up comic. Friend of Joe Rogan's. Uh -huh. Worth you looking up and just listening yeah. to. I think you'd like him. Yeah. Joe Rogan's a friend of the Ice House? He has been the best friend, I have to say, uh, throughout the years. Um, I called about two months ago and I said, on a Friday night. And I said, Joe, I just had a fallout. Second show Saturday. I'm just wondering whether, you know, you can come in and do a show. And he said, you know, I can't. I have to be in Vegas with my daughter. But he said, how about if I book the headliner for that show for you and then promote it? I went, you know, I mean, no one yeah. has ever yeah. said anything like that. And we ended up with a sellout <laughs> show because of Joe. Uh, yeah. You know, just above, that was above and beyond the call of duty. Yeah. He's yeah. been so really good to us. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of questions. You uh -huh. want me to? How about if I just ask you questions? Why don't you ask me questions? Why don't you just relax? Okay. I'll just ask me. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Bob, how, uh, how has comedy changed since you got into it uh, a long time ago? <laughs> well, thank you, Bob. <laughs> I think that's a really good question. You know, uh, in the early days, we had. We had comedians, and they were all doing uh, setups and punchline jokes. Uh, and then at some point, they decided that that was too risky, because you're if you don't get a laugh, you look like an idiot. And so they switched to more slice of life stories mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily go for big laughs, but they were less risky. And so that's what we have today. Someone goes, "Oh, you must know a lot of jokes." I go, "I, uh, you know, I'm here all week. I, you, you hardly ever see a comedian tell a joke now." They call them jokey jokes. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't do it. Joke, They're yeah. doing things about life and you know observational <clears throat> yeah. humor. Yeah. So that's been a big change. Oh, really? I'm surprised to hear that. <laughs> well, maybe that's because you're not following comedy as closely as you really should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have any other questions? Um, so one of the things that um, I don't think people really realize about owning a comedy club is um, how much you have to work with people and employees and yeah, uh, you know, uh, booking twenty-seven shows a week and right. something like that. Um, so, what's the what's the biggest challenge about working with people in this business? Um, I think that there's so many different kinds of people you have to work with. 
you know, if you work with agents and managers and celebrities, there's those kinds of pressures. Uh, when you work, uh, you're working with getting an audience, it's about marketing. I mm -hmm. spend 80% of my time working on marketing, figuring out how to get people in the door to see shows so that they can, you know, enjoy themselves, but also consume food and beverage so I can pay the bills and stay in business. Right. And then employees, you know, the, the thing about employees now in this era of tremendous litigation is that you never know when someone's going to decide that, hey, they got a chance at, you know, being set for a number of years and you're going to be sued. And the laws in California, you know, definitely lean towards the employee as opposed to the employer. So it's a little frightening to go through week after week, keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that never happens. You know, I've been very lucky 40 years. I have never had that happen to me. However, I have a friend who owns a club and is just the greatest guy in the world. He's been sued 10 or 12 times. Yeah. So yeah. you just never know. I've been lucky. Yeah. Well, it's pretty brutal. I mean, the incentives are pretty heavily in favor of bringing a claim because, you know, the, the, the plaintiff side, they have little to lose. Right. Um, and the, usually the rational thing to do if you're owning a business is to make it go away for yeah. what it would cost yeah. to be an attorney. So right. It just yeah, no, you, would, up. you attorneys have set it up so that people can sue for free. And even if they lose, it doesn't cost them anything. Well, you know, when you write the rules. Yeah. Uh, when you become legislators. That's right. And you write the rules. But I'm not holding against you personally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, one of the things that I always love about your office is just all the memorabilia you have around here. And, um, yeah. Folks, if you're listening, just kind of take a look around your room. You're not, your yeah, that one of the blonde up there? Yeah. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> so. Uh, well, one of my favorite things, Bob, is this. Uh, uh, it's just the Bob Fisher Credo. Yes. Strive for mediocrity. Yes, but be willing to settle for less. Yeah. Did you notice that settle is spelled with three T's? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that was intentional. Yeah. Just yeah. over. Just couldn't even get that right. <laughs> so um, what's the story? Yeah, the thing that? is this. Look, if you, if you try to make it to the top, yeah, it, it's you know it, it's it's tough up there. But the middle is nice and flat it's, and easy, and you know people aren't striving for things. So I like the middle. I'm very comfortable in the middle. Yeah, trying you is know? really overrated. Achievement. Achievement, yeah. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of satisfaction in achievement. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we've pretty much, now by doing this, yeah. what the way we're, things we're talking about now, I pretty yeah. much know that we've reached the level where you're definitely going to erase this. This is not going to be <laughs> uploaded. <laughs> well, I think this is um, part one of a 10-part series, Conversations oh with Bob oh on boy. Laying Down the Law. Oh, boy. I call this comedy masturbation. <laughs> We're doing this for ourselves. We don't care what anyone else no, thinks. No, we do not. Well, so, see the blonde up there? Huh? Stormy Daniels. <laughs> no, okay. I'm going to just stop. I had now. to write her a check to pay her off 30 bucks. <laughs> well, I just pause that for a second. Um, I checked my notes and I realized that I didn't write any. Good. So, okay. Um, so uh, the next time I'll try and come even less prepared. Right, if that's possible. If that's possible. <laughs> I hear you're thinking of running for office. Um, well, I'm I'm uh, forming an exploratory committee. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, exploratory committee to run for the uh, district three city council seat, so I can expand my reign of terror. I would like to see it happen. I'd like the ice house to back you up in any way I can. 
we need people who are traveling down the road less traveled to well, be elected officials. Well, I really, I don't think there's anybody on the road that I'm traveling. So, um, yeah, no. Yeah. So, so what I'm hoping is that you would host the first of a series of um, Lincoln Douglas style debates between me and the incumbent, whatever his name is. Um, and um, really uh, exploring the issues of the day um, in, a, in a thoughtful and meaningful manner, and then immediately turning to some sort of cheap mudslinging and bringing up embarrassing things about my past. Wow. Um, uh, and, uh, I, it's perfect. Multiple lawsuits and the uh, allegations of lawsuits, the, the liens, the uh, judgments, wow. et cetera, all that kind of I didn't realize you had that sure. much in your mm -hmm. history. Yeah, well, you don't even look at my ancestry.com, it's insane. Some people's family tree branches. I hope they haven't done any D DNA on one of those things because they might find out that I'm you kind of outed someone or offed someone. No, yeah, ago. no. I thought you were going to say that I'm part. Uh, I'm part uh, marmoset. Oh, it's a way why is that? Tree. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Sorry, your results came back. You are not entirely human. Right. It's I tell a, I tell people that the results are. I went to a cheap one, <laughs> and. Uh, it turns out I'm 50% uh, Swedish and 50% Nigerian. That was a really shock to my parents and all of us. <laughs> oh, that's good. Kind of an unusual combination. That is an unusual combination. All right, so I came up with a saying the other day. Yeah. See what you think. Uh, honesty is not a part-time job. Hello? I'm trying to figure that out. Oh. Where's the trick? There's no trick. It just means that you're either honest. Uh -huh. If you're honest, you got to be honest all the time. Uh -huh. You can't be honest part of the time and uh -huh. call yourself honest. Oh. Okay. So honesty is a full-time job. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to use okay. that anymore. But well, I you just, look good in that sweater anyway. I got my Ice House sweater on there. You go. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So, have you? Uh, are you going to do? Yeah. Continue see, with your comedy that's what career? I was. What I was hoping is that if I would come in unprepared, you would start asking. Yourself okay. questions, sure, and then you start asking me questions. All right, and then so why do you feel you? Why do you want to be? I know you. Yeah. You're interested in comedy. I am. Interested why would in you like to? And you like your time on stage. I, well, I haven't spent any time on stage. You mean doing doing stand up? Yeah. I, or, well, that's why I'm doing a, a podcast because there's you know I can record it in advance yeah. and delete the parts that are. Is this um, a precursor to spending more time on stage, or instead of? You know, I, I really haven't thought that far down the road. Okay. All right. But, uh, and, you know, and I was hoping you wouldn't answer that question because yeah. I don't even know what precursor means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's when you have a computer yeah. and, uh, uh, and you're, oh, you're going to oh, type oh, something. You're just about, you're thinking you're about it. You're just about to type it. Yeah. Okay. You're looking at it. Ah, pre, precursor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. Okay. I hadn't understood that all these years. So, um, yeah. So this hasn't you know, been a complete waste of your time. No, you know, oh, I have to okay. tell you a little story because you, okay. when you said talked about my ice house shirt I'm wearing, so some guy came in here and he wanted to get the ice house business on T-shirts and things uh -huh. like that, uh -huh. and we talked about it. And at the end, he said, "Oh, and I brought you a little gift." And he pulls out a work shirt, a dark blue work shirt, like someone in a gas station would have. Uh -huh. And on one side, it says that it's got the ice house logo that he made up for me. And on the other side, it's got a big name tag says Bob, uh -huh. like like yeah. you see in a gas station. Yeah. So anyhow, that was nice of him, and he left. I couldn't stand it, so I put it away somewhere. I thought it was really nasty looking. So he comes back in about six or eight weeks later to follow up. Maybe he can get the ice house business. And, and just as he leaves, he says to me, uh, "Oh, by the way, 
uh, how do you like the shirt I got you? Now, I'm really an honest person, but I was <laughs> embarrassed and caught off guard and because I, I had no idea where it was. I'd never worn it. So I went, oh, um, yeah, I gave it to a friend of mine, and he really enjoys it. <laughs> to which he replied, oh, is his name Bob also? <laughs> I'd forgotten all about yeah, the, about about the, the name, name tag. Yeah. So yeah. now in my head, I'm going, okay. Yeah. I, I either uh -huh. got a cop to this thing or yeah. I got to carry on this charade. <laughs> so yeah. instead, I went, I, I went, you know what? I lied to you a second ago. <laughs> I haven't given it to anyone. I'm not really sure where it is. So, so that was kind of an embarrassed moment. Yeah. And then it turns out three weeks later, I found it. Uh -huh. And I went, well, I'll wear it one day. Uh -huh. Just for the heck of it. I got about 35 comments uh -huh. loving it. People saying, where can I get one like that? Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't know if you have some time, but I have a yeah. whole bunch of fascinating other stories just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, well, that's, I've got nothing but time. You, you, re you recognize you will get a bill for this, right? I'm sure. I know. $400 an hour. I know whenever you talk to an attorney, yeah. you're billed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so where's the shirt now? In my closet at home. Okay. I don't, I don't really wear it that often. <laughs> you don't wear it as 75-year-olds shouldn't be wearing shirts with their names on it. I think it, you know, I think what's great about that story is it illustrates a couple of things. One is there's another shirt that says yeah. Bob that's on the wall. That's my, that's what my dad owned a gas station mm -hmm. all his life, or as we used to say, he dealt in oil. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's my shirt from when I was 14 years old, uh -huh. the actual shirt from the gas station, uh -huh. Burbank in San, Fern San Fernando and Alameda in uh -huh. Burbank. Okay. And I guarantee you that I could, if I took that out of that frame, I could never fit into that shirt. 14 years old, I weighed 110 pounds. Uh-huh. And did you, and, and so when you wore that shirt, that was, uh, you were 14, so that must have been 1983. I wish. Yeah. That would have been, where was I, 64? 68. Okay. So that was still when they used, uh, when they, they, someone would come out and say, you want leaded or unleaded? Well, my dad was a better businessman than that. Uh -huh. You would go out and you would use uh, a, an assumptive clothes. You would go, uh, yes, sir, shall we fill it up? We were hoping oh, they'd say fill yeah. it up. Yeah. So, so um, uh, and those are the days where you put the gas in and then you had to, we did the tires, checked all the tires, water and oil and wash the windows. And then you'd have maybe five or six cars there. They're all waiting. No one did yeah. their own gas. Yeah. You're running around trying to take home. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. I was at a restaurant on Lake Street called Lemonade recently. They have a uh -huh. cookie there I like. Uh -huh. And the cookie's three fifty, Right. And it's 25 cents for tax. Three seventy-five. Right. So the kid behind the counter is 18. So I said, you know, I'm going to pull an old man thing on you. I said, when I was about your age, a little younger, I worked at my dad's gas station. And people would come in and we'd fill up their tank, 17 gallons. And they would give me $3 and I would give them change. So when I was about your age, I know you can't believe this, but it's true. An entire tank of gas costs less than this cookie. <laughs> and I said, the sad part for you, the scary part, is when you're my age, this cookie is going to be $24. You can't believe that's true. But if I would have told you all those years ago that gas was going to be $5 a gallon when it was 12 cents a gallon, you wouldn't have believed that either. Right. Inflation. Yeah. So get to work. <laughs> Harder to retire than it seems. Yeah. And that's um, that cookie more than a tank of gas. Well, what they need to do is they need to design an automobile that runs on cookies. 
I like that idea. That's pretty good, right? They have. They, there's all sorts of alternative fuels you can use. Yeah. Plant-based and, and food-based kind of things. The problem that I would have is that my car wouldn't go anywhere. Because you would eat the, the, tent, eat the, the cookies. You'd yeah. eat the uh, fuel. Yeah, I'd be like, screw it. I've got cookies. Yeah. No real point in going anywhere. Yeah, no, I, yeah well, that's right. That's the reason I have a car. Uh, I, I, you just heard me say to my wife, uh, yesterday I stopped and had a slice of blackberry pie at Pie and Burger, and it was the best 12 minutes of my life. I couldn't <laughs> believe how fantastic it was. <laughs> it's pretty bold to say that to your I wife, too. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. That's right. I shouldn't have done that. So. But, you know, she knows you're safe. If you are, uh, if your if your dalliance has involved blackberry pie and little else, that's true. And you know, when you get older, you, you know, you only have about three testosterones in your body left, <laughs> and so uh, avoiding dalliances becomes pretty easy. <laughs> A little harder when you're younger. Mm. Okay. So is that it? How um, would you rate this? This is your third podcast. It's it's the fourth. Fourth. And would you rate this one, two, three? This is um, actually better than any of the other material. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think I actually might split this into a couple different episodes. Wow. And, you know, kind of this like is, so this is the, the best part, part one of. Well, the problem is that the other ones are just me talking, and and I do about as much preparation for just me talking yeah. as I did for today. Oh. So I didn't even have. So you helped out because you helped out with the questions and the answers, where where I have neither questions nor answers. I bet you're good though. Yeah. I think I bet you're good alone, but you're just very clever and witty too. So it's nice for you to have someone to play off of. Yeah, someone maybe two to. people. Maybe ideally for you would be two or three people. Maybe if we got a, just a table full of people, and we came in with just blank pieces of paper. Yeah. And looked at each other. Just turn on the microphone and looked at each other. Yeah. Well, you know, my uh, my sister told me the the best thing about. It. I said, I said, you know. Um, thinking about starting a podcast and she said oh that's that's really good you know the, the thing about podcasts is they're just so many of them are are just white males yeah and she's like oh, good luck with that wow and i thought to myself that that might make it a little difficult because i can't exactly become an afro queen you know right well, you have guests that are other than, yeah. other than, other than white males. What was the picture of the of Trump? Uh, he was having his conference on, on uh, reproductive rights uh -huh. for women, and the room is filled with twenty five men. There's not one. They're they're making sure. decisions, and there's not one woman in the room. Sure. Feels weird, doesn't it? That is a little weird. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. All right. All right. Well. I don't think, uh, you know, if we, my listener uh, count will go down from three to zero. Start uh, fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the second, this is the second best thing that's happened to me in a long time. The first best was the, being the blackberry the pie. pie. The pie, yeah. yeah. This okay. is number two. Okay. So. Should we do an ad, an ad for the ice house? Yeah. Let's do that. All right. That'll be fun. Okay. okay. So here's the, if you haven't been to the ice house in Pasadena, Boy, are you missing something. Uh, this club's been here since 1960. This is our 59th year now, 59 years. And uh, you, you, virtually anyone you can name in the field of comedy has been here. The great part is the showroom. 
the worst seat in the house is only seven rows from the stage. So when you come here to watch and act, you're really part of it because intimacy is very important. And it does feel good to laugh and feels different from being at home because when you're surrounded by a couple hundred people laughing, it really gets you going. So come out to the Ice House and see a show and mention Billy's name. And um, They'll charge you double. Yeah. Okay. And it's not to do you any good. <laughs> well, I, you know, I told you, Bob, that, uh, uh, you know, I was so uh, starstruck when I first met you because I think I was probably about 12 or 13 years old and I got a, I found an old comedy album. Uh, and it was, yeah, and it was, uh, the ice house proudly prevent presents Miss Lily Tomlin. And it I was like that. prevents prevents. Yeah. Prevents. Yeah. It's yeah. right. Lily Tomlin. And it was her, uh, her Ernestine. And you know, I used to watch, um, laugh at in. night, laugh in laugh on in. Nick at night. And my parents were like, it's fine. It's reruns. And I'm like watching this sub subversive stuff. I was probably 14, you know, really subversive, you know, countercultural stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, they're like, oh, it's fine. It's reruns. Should be, should be good. And uh, so I got into, you know, Lily Tomlin. And uh, so then I moved to Pasadena and, and uh, met Bob and quit my job as a lawyer. And now just. Um, Depends in the direction you need to. Yeah. That's right for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're facing, what, the same thing that 80% of the population go through? Some some 20%, maybe they just, whatever direction they're heading in, they're comfortable with it. Uh -huh. they just, they're not. But for so many people, especially, I think, this era, there's a struggle to be real and be doing what you really want to do and, and be the authentic you. Mm -hmm. And that seems like really what you're, what's happening to you now. Well, I think so. Um Although I think it was, uh, was it, who wrote that most men lead lives of quiet desperation? Uh, was that Arthur Miller? Well, George. Eugene O'Neill? Well, George I Bernard think, Shaw? I think it was George Michael. George. <laughs> in, co in, in coordination with Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. So I think that I don't know yeah, that you can change quiet the des desperation. I don't know that you can change the quiet part. You know, but at least you can, you know. Yeah. You know, my ex wife. Uh -huh. She uh, became a Buddhist, and she currently teaches classes in, um, not Palm Desert, but uh, yeah. Ju Jupiter, Juniper Springs, uh -huh. whatever that is down there. I can't remember the name of it. But anyhow, she, they're free, uh -huh. for the company she's with, and it's a 10-day. I've heard of that. No, you don't talk. Yeah, and I've heard of that. I, I've been afraid to go through that because I, I think, you know, if you went through that, uh -huh. you, you've got to come, a person has to come out of that, a changed person you've got 10 days of just rattling your thoughts, around uh -huh. your thoughts and meditation and listening to things yeah yeah so uh you know maybe that would be a good thing for people yeah who well, are wondering what their self is who yeah are. right you could change the quiet part or you could change the desperation part yeah i don't know that's a good point yeah i guess i don't know how what would happen but something joshua is a joshua tree uh-huh joshua tree yeah what about loud, loud satisfaction? <laughs> that wouldn't be fair either. Yeah, did you ever just scream when you're feeling tense? Yeah. I, I just make a sound. Like, yeah. Whoa! And oh, if yeah. you do it as up to <laughs> as hard as loud yeah. as you can do uh -huh. it, you it does relieve tension. Yeah. You feel a lot better. Bob, I feel like this has been a journey. This a has long, been a journey. A long, 
long, long period. Can we turn the mic off now? Yeah, I'll turn it off. Because I, I have to go to the restroom. <laughs>